The holidays are upon us, my friends, which means that people far and wide are going to start stressing, perhaps even panicking, about what they should gift their significant other, their partners, their girlfriends, their romantic interests. But never you fear, for the ace couple is here to talk about how we deal with gift-giving in our relationship. My name is Courtney, I'm here with Royce, and Royce, you just happen to be the greatest gift-giver whom I have possibly ever met. And considering the fact that many people see gift-giving as being an integral part of a relationship, often with many romantic connotations. There might be some straight people out there who are surprised to know that an asexual is better at gift-giving than they are. So I thought perhaps today, being as though it is December, we could chat a little bit about gift-giving romantic presents, and the holidays, and whether or not to uh, observe them with gifts. So when you first pitched this idea for this episode, I was a little surprised because I've never really thought of myself as a good gift giver. Maybe it's more that I'm a difficult gift recipient. Oh, you're the worst. You are <laughs> horrible to shop for. But I think what helps in gift giving is to not force it. Because a lot of times when holidays come up, I think, oh, it's a special occasion. What can I get for someone? And I usually come up blank. And I, I think there is something to be said for that, that we don't need to abide by tradition-oriented gift-giving times. There's There are a variety of times that is just right based off of what's going on. And I'm trying to think back on examples in our relationship. There are many. We we can we can go down the list <laughs> if this is a good way to start. Probably so, partially because we don't really do a whole lot of gifting anymore. I would say I don't gift you anything because you are a nightmare to shop for. <laughs> and I tried so hard in in the first like year or two of our <laughs> relationship and since then I've just I've just given up because it's it's rarely if ever landed and I'm someone who really enjoys giving gifts and when there's a holiday like like Christmas I I really like the presentation and the the pageantry of of doing like really elegant gift wrapping I, I always try to come up with really creative or unique gifts. So that's always something I, I enjoy and aspire to do. But you're absolutely right. Sometimes you want to give someone a good and creative gift more than you... Have an idea. Have an idea of what that would be, even. There's also just a lot of ingrained capitalism of now is the time to buy things, even if there's nothing you actually should be purchasing at this point in time. Oh, the capitalism. Well, and I mean, not all gifts have to be corporate or expensive or, or even be something you 
bought. I mean, there there are many different ways to give gifts, but we'll 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 go down the line of the the successful gifts and the occasions or lack thereof. But I I think our our very first like takeaway right out of the gate is smash the societal norms. <laughs> I was going to say don't force it, but don't force but it. Smashing norms sounds better. <laughs> Well, th- this is um, an asexual couple's guide to gift giving. So you you could say that our advice for relationships is is the same as our our voice for gift giving. Just make up your own rules that work for you. <laughs> so on to some examples. I think the first gift in our relationship was actually a birthday gift. Coincidentally. That's true. Kind of. I would. Would you consider uh, the top hat you showed in the showed up in the very first time we met in person to be a gift? Because I, 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 it was a gesture, but it was it was a gift. I thought it was more of a gag. It, it was a gift. <laughs> it was a gift in the form of a gag because it was a very very cheap top hat. If if you had come with like a a really nice top hat, then then it wouldn't have been a gag at all, just pure gift. But if I purchased a really nice top hat, I'd have to wear said nice top hat more than the one time. Or I would have just stolen it from you. <laughs> I wouldn't have complained either way. But um, yeah, that very first one, you you did give it to me for my birthday, but I think that was just because you, you had the idea for the gift and my birthday was right around the corner. It was, like pure it, happenstance. It was close enough that I had the idea, purchased it, and was able to just wait a little bit without it being too long for the, the reference to slip the mind or anything like that. Yeah, and it was also maybe, you know... Early on where we hadn't really had a conversation about are we going to do birthday gifts or holiday gifts. And I I think that is a conversation that you should have with people, you know, early on in your relationships because you don't want any hurt feelings if expectations aren't met. So I think setting expectations is always a good thing. But we hadn't had this conversation really yet. And our our answer sort of changed because once we were living together and had a joint checking account, it was like, should we try gift giving stuff? And the answer was kind of... Why? Why? Most most of the time it's a why. Uh, Just because if there's something that one of us wants or needs... It's probably just going to be a conversation at this point. Like, oh, does does this fit into the budget? Does this make sense to get right now? You know, that kind of a thing. But that that very first gift was one of the best gifts I've ever gotten. Because by this point, we hadn't had any, like, really big fights or quarrels. And we, we, we don't really fight very much as a couple at least not in the way I've seen other couples fight. So it's it's not as though we've had much of that at all. But one of the, I guess, more spirited debates we, we had gotten to early on was very superficial and, and not important at all. But it was about just paper books, real physical books, because I, I love books. And I never got, you know, a Kindle or any book gadgets or technologies like that because I like holding a book 
and I like feeling a book. And before I met you and I was at home, I would just read books by candlelight like a proper Victorian woman, and that was my idea of a good night. And at this point in time, I don't think I had read a physical book in probably four or five years. It had been, I had been reading strictly on computers of some kind. I think you only at that point owned one physical book, and it was because it was a gift someone had given you <laughs> earlier. A bad gift from an aloe partner. <gasps> a bad gift from an aloe partner? It was a book I had no interest in reading. I don't even remember what it was now, but I read the preface and was like, nope, not for me. <laughs> I'd forgotten that detail, but that that's right. So that that's funny and topical. But yeah, I mean, so, so Royce, you are so frustrating to debate because you are the only person in the world who just like always makes sense. A hundred percent of the time. Like, I can't disagree with any of your points because they're never wrong. <laughs> so when we're having this debate about, you know, ebooks versus physical books, you're coming at me with all of the logical facts. <laughs> you can have practically every book in existence on a single device. And it's more efficient, and it's better for the environment, and it it costs less money. And you're not wrong about any of these things. So this is why it's so frustrating to debate you, because all I have are my emotions. And my emotions say, well, I, I really like to look at the pages as, as a you know, physical, visual cue of, of how far along I am in the book. And I just like the feel of the pages and the feel of the book in my hand. And and, and you're throwing all, all these facts and logic at me, and I can't argue them. So I, I eventually just, like, in a last-ditch effort, I was like, but what about the smell of a book? Just a, a brand-new book, the smell of those pages. And so what does this smartass do? But a couple months later... After we had this argument that I clearly lost, but I don't care because I like my books, <laughs> Royce brings me a goddamn book-scented candle. <laughs> that was my one argument. <laughs> and you quashed it in the form of what was actually a magnificent gift. This candle, this was like a high-end candle. It was probably... Probably I don't I don't know how much you paid for, but it's probably the most expensive candle I have ever owned. It was the most expensive candle I purchased. It was a forty dollar candle. That's expensive for a candle. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure with inflation there are more forty dollar candles these days. <laughs> but it was it was luxurious. It had I mean it was a very custom candle case that was beautiful and dark, very, very reminiscent of, of a Victorian library. And it was just stunning, smelled phenomenal. I love me a good candle. So not only was that a great story, not only was I both frustrated and laughing <laughs> at the same time, but it was actually a magnificent candle. Uh, so good to the point that I still haven't burned all of it because 
I'm so afraid of the day when it will be gone. I just burn it in incredibly small little increments and only every once in a while. I'm pretty sure the company discontinued it too. Yeah. We're gonna have to like scour eBay and see if anybody <laughs> snatched some of them up before they discontinued. Because yeah, I, I swear I only light this candle like once a year at this point because I'm like, someday it will be gone and it's such a good candle. <laughs> So that's just silly of me, but that was that was your first like physical item. Here is a thing I'm giving to you gift. And it was perfect right off the bat. And the way that went down was we had a lengthy discussion and then immediately after it I did a few quick searches and either purchased it right then or made a <laughs> note to purchase it at a more convenient time. So I guess if you can f take, like, really light, inconsequential arguments <laughs> and spin it into a very thoughtful gift, that is good. I don't want anyone to think that this was actually a fight that we had that was, like, bothering us at all. The because discussion it was wasn't not. heated at all. No. It, it, was, it was just ongoing. <laughs> so probably don't try to pull that if you're actually, like going at each other and having a bad time because then it seems less sweet and more petty. Pass petty. It's petty. <laughs> so at this point, I feel like I have to up my gift game. I hadn't given you a gift yet. Well, I had given you a gift. I had given you a gift. All right, here's a great story. This is carrying on. If you listened to our episode of how we met and fell in love i believe we entitled it our asexual love story this fits right in between all of those days we were talking about early on i had gotten a job at a things remembered store and they do a lot of occasional gifts a lot of sentimental items and custom engraving for all of these items so we do a lot of, like, champagne flutes for weddings where we engrave, you know, the the spouse's names on them and, and things of that nature. And since I was to be the manager of the store in, at the time, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, there wasn't anybody who could train me on the engraving machine in that state. <laughs> so they actually sent me down to... Omaha, Nebraska to get trained before I officially started. And it was in that time when I was coming down to Omaha that I used the weekends before and after my engraving training to come down to the Kansas City Metro to visit Royce. And I don't even know why I started doing this because this wasn't really a quirk or speech habit that I had before meeting you, so I don't know if there was some kind of inside joke that prompted it or something, but we, we were talking about gold stars a lot. Like, oh, well done, good star. Or go gold star. Gold star. <laughs> and we ended up, like, awarding each other fictitious gold stars a lot over the span of, like, a couple of different days. And so after having a visit with you, I went up to Omaha, and getting trained on the engraving machine, they were just sort of giving me scratch and dent items, things that they couldn't quite sell, but things that were still engravable, and just saying, you know, like, play around with the machine, 
learn all the different fonts, figure out how to program it so it's centered and even and all that good stuff. And I found in the back a discontinued trophy that literally was just a gold star. And there was a gold plaque along with it that was as of yet unengraved. So I took that plaque and I engraved it to just say gold star. <laughs> and I put this trophy together and I said, I am going to hide this in my purse. And the next time I see Royce, the next time Royce wins a gold star for something, I'm literally going to take this trophy out of my purse and give it to Royce. And that trophy sat on my desk at work until I no longer worked in an office. Well, it's still on your work desk. It's just your home office upstairs. That's true. I just remembered Little Robot Guy. Oh, Little Robot Guy! I did that too! Damn, I was actually very good at giving gifts early on. <laughs> I just got so much worse after I didn't work out of things remembered. The gold star is easy to remember because it's visible. Little robot guy is tucked away in a drawer because he has secrets hidden inside of him. Secrets. That was another just little inside joke. Did that start because you had like a knockoff Roomba and you called him a little robot guy? Maybe. I don't. I did have a knockoff Roomba. I don't remember what the impetus was for this little robot person flash drive. Well, because little robot guy became a thing, just like Gold Star. We were just saying little robot guy all the time. And I think that started because you had a knockoff Roomba, and I was like, wait, you have a Roomba? <laughs> You're like, well, it's not a Roomba, but it's a little robot guy. <laughs> and then... You know, I don't know if we saw an anime or something that had a robot character, but, like, we said Little Robot Guy frequently. And so we were just like, oh, yeah, Little Robot Guy. Gold Star. <laughs> Those were just the two things that kept coming up. So, oh, my gosh, I haven't, I haven't seen Little Robot Guy in many years at this point. He's hiding so he doesn't share the secrets. <laughs> so he doesn't share the secrets. It, it's a flash drive, yes? Yes, it's a flash drive. It's a flash drive, but it, it looks like a little robot. Is it also like a, on a keychain? That sounds right. So yeah, I also found that in, in the back room of the Things Remembered, and I was like, oh my goodness, I found a little robot guy and a gold star, and as of now, those are our only two inside jokes. <laughs> yeah, and uh, what did I engrave on that, Royce? Do you remember? I don't remember. Should I go grab it? Go get the little robot guy! <laughs> what does he say? <laughs> Oh my god. Oh your god? Oh my god! <laughs> it says you're weird. Aw, uh, that's cute. I was cute. <laughs> this guy's great. I haven't seen him in <laughs> over seven years. Oh, we'll have to take a picture of him and put him up on Twitter. That's, that's little robot guy. I had totally forgotten about him. So, considering the fact that those are probably the only two successful gifts I've ever given you, what what about them was, what was a hit? What was successful? Well, the gold star was an ongoing joke, and little robot guy was kind of funny and also functional. <laughs> funny and functional. I like it. So, yes, and then you, you repaid these, uh... 
<laughs> these kindnesses with a book-scented candle. So, yeah, I, I'd, I'd say we were about even at that point. And then I lost all of my gift-giving game, and yours only continued to excel. So then we, we kind of had a gap of many months, if not a year, without any real gifting. But one thing that is uh, potentially of note was the wedding ring situation and conversation. Because I, I know that people are increasingly moving away from the traditional wedding ring norms, both in terms of, you know, cishet rules of, you know, the man picks out and buys the ring in secret, and also just more and more people going away from, like, white diamonds and de beers. <laughs> but with us, like, for a wedding ring, I wanted one. And you were, like, not about to touch that. <laughs> it, it it never even crossed your mind that you would pick out such a thing that I would be wearing all the time. Yeah, that just doesn't make sense. It's a very expensive item that you're going to be wearing constantly. That's that's not something you guess on. Which is, is totally fair. And, and honestly, like, we... I, I picked out my own ring, which was good because I got something that I know I will be happy with wearing every single day. And I do wear it on my, you know, normal wedding ring finger, ring finger on the left hand. But as, you know, a bit of an homage to ace culture, you know, we have the black rings on the middle finger of the right hand is kind of ace culture. Uh, but black is the color for the ace ring. And so I got a black ring, partially for ace culture, partially also just because black is more my aesthetic than anything like really white and shiny. So I picked out a ring that was actually a small business, an independent jeweler with a lab-grown black diamond and also plated black. It was so much cheaper than anything you could get at like a traditional jeweler in the same, you know, size and shape. And it's just as fine work, if not better. So I can I can definitely recommend finding independent jewelers, especially with with websites like Etsy. You can definitely find lots of fine jewelers on on there, or just Google searching. So I'm I'm really thrilled that I was able to pick that out myself. And then there was one Christmas, <laughs> which in in hindsight I am borderline embarrassed by because I just I was in the gift giving mode I was making a list for family members close friends people to shop for I was you know going out to stores and going out to the mall and trying to find small businesses for certain gifts wherever I could and I was I was just in the zone and I realized oh my goodness I haven't even done anything for Royce <laughs> And since you're so hard to shop for, I was just at a loss for anything because I, I didn't have any ideas that were just like fun or cutesy or quirky or related to an inside joke. And and you don't really do a lot that is extravagant. You, you basically stick to mostly functional things, 
Yeah, I've never really purchased things for decoration, nor do I wear accessories or things like that. Yeah, I mean, you wear black t-shirts and jeans, and your closet looks like a cartoon character who has multiple copies of exactly the same outfit. And if, if there is anything, you know, that would be convenient for you, something that would make your life easier. You tend to just buy those things for yourself as soon as it makes sense. And so I couldn't even like, oh, you know, do, does he does he need a nice new pair of socks? Like, yeah, no. Because <laughs> you, you don't really procrastinate on those things that you, you need or would be nice to have. So it's it's like, what, what am I going to do? And I kind of like looked down at my ring and I was like, well, you know, Royce doesn't have a ring and I know, and th this, this was, <laughs> this is my downfall. I should have just stopped right then and there. I was like, I know Royce doesn't really wear any jewelry, but I wonder if it might be nice to just have a, a low cost ring to wear for like special occasions, like special events. If we if we go to like a formal event, like I I never expected you to regularly start wearing a ring, but I was like, yeah, special occasions maybe. This was after the conversation we had had where I had explicitly said that I didn't really want a ring, though. Yeah, it was terrible of me, and I was at a loss. I didn't know what to do. I was like, I, I, I'm getting everyone on this earth a gift except for Royce. <laughs> Royce is my spouse. We are married. I should get Royce a gift. <laughs> so, yeah, don't, uh, don't feel beholden to holidays if it doesn't make sense for your relationship. Because I, I actually bought a ring, one that was closest to something I could see you wearing. I mean, it, it also had, you know, black coloration. It was a little alternative in style. and It was a nice looking ring. It was simple. I believe it was tungsten, uh, tungsten or titanium. It was a little too large. <laughs> yep. And which meant that you had to drag me into a mall. It was... <laughs> Yeah, I forgot you actually had to go into the mall. Yeah, so here here's the weirdest part, because you can't be the only person in the world with this problem. I had purchased the smallest ring size that they had in the store, because I know your hands and I know your fingers have a very small circumference, but it was still a little too big. So we were like, oh, well, we we can just get it sized. So we, we actually went to get your ring size. So they took your size, they took the ring, and then we got a call like days later saying that they can't size the ring down and they also just don't make any smaller sizes. I had purchased the smallest size that they make and they just don't have them any smaller. And okay, so I, I guess give us a refund. <laughs> so we... we that was probably the best case scenario, honestly. I mean, you didn't want a ring, and I was just desperate to try to get a gift for you for for the holidays. <laughs> Which, in hindsight, super silly of me. But after that point, I think we had one anniversary where we decided to do gifts for the anniversary. And was that kind of the last time we ever did occasional, like, formal gifts? Probably. I think the nice, shiny paperweight was the last traditional gift. Ah, uh, yes. 
my nice shiny paperweight <laughs> was first first year marriage gift and was probably the gift you went out on a limb for the most because it's a <clears throat> paperweight that looks an awful lot like brass knuckles with spikes on where the knuckles would be if it was brass knuckles. <laughs> but it is, in fact, a paperweight. Because it can't legally be brass knuckles. So it has to function as a heavy device to set on top of papers to keep them from moving around. It is perfectly legal as a paperweight. <laughs> so, Rice, uh, uh, I loved it, by the way. That is... I was so thrilled to get this paperweight for, for our first wedding anniversary. But I'd never expressed any interest to you in owning such potentially violent, heavy office desk decor. <laughs> but you already owned a number of potentially violent things. They were mostly bladed, though. This one was a little more blunt. Yeah, so I mean, I... Uh... I had a sword, I I was a fencer once upon a time, and obviously those aren't real swords, but that leads to a healthy interest in real swords, I, I would say. Some shorter blades, some mid-sized blades, so yeah, I, di I didn't have any uh, blunt weaponry for my office desk. But well done, gold star. <laughs> and what you got me for our one-year anniversary or I should say what you made, was 365 little strips of paper with something written on each of them. Ah, yes, 365 I love yous. <laughs> Which I went to a Things Remembered store to buy a cut crystal vase to put all of those in. <laughs> and we have come full circle, ladies and gentlemen. But yeah, that was... That was really nice. I was pleased with how excited you actually got for them, because I wasn't sure. You are not nearly as much of a sentimentalist as I am, but I, yeah, I, I had written out 365 reasons that I love you, or things that I love about our relationship. Which I think we are going back through now. In preparation for this podcast, I grabbed said vase and pulled a random one out, and it was mostly an inside joke that still fit to this day. Ah, yes. Another one of those arguments that we keep dredging up. <laughs> I genuinely think we, we only read one of them, and we, we have not gone through all of these one by one since that very first year marker. We might have to go through each and every one this year for our anniversary. Coming up at the end of May. Maybe, maybe, maybe if we're feeling it, that'll be a, um, our special anniversary episode of the podcast. If we're still, if we're still going strong by that time. If we do a reading as a podcast episode, is it funnier to do it no context or to try to explain? You probably wrote some weird things. I'm sh I'm sure I had to have written some weird things. That's a good question. Tweet at us at the Ace Couple and tell us which you prefer, with context or without context. So okay, but that that was that was a gift that you enjoyed. That meant something to you. I hope it took a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, it was really just a 
vase full of memories in a presented in a form I wasn't expecting. The form being Courtney long gave up on actually handwriting them because she has Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome and kept dislocating her fingers and wrists. So instead, I typed them all out on an Excel spreadsheet and went to like an office depot to print them all out and cut them all into little strips. I was about to say, <laughs> I, I know that handwriting is difficult. But cutting 365 very thin sheets of paper must have been difficult as well. Oh, not not after going to the Office Depot. I realized this was going to be an issue. So I used one of their, like, guillotine cutters. One of their, like, great big uh, industrial, like, whoosh. <laughs> like, big, big choppy things. So... <laughs> I mean, yeah, it did take some time. The people at the Office Depot were giving me funny looks. But I don't mind receiving funny looks in the name of love. So I stand corrected. That was the last gift I successfully gave you. But after that point, every single gift I think that you have given me has been 10 out of 10. But also just random, not, not tied to an occasion. Situational, yeah situational such as <laughs> well i i just mentioned having eds and joint problems there are some days where it is so bad that i can't really do anything and the pain is just extraordinary and especially if i have you know a subluxation, a dislocation, kind of a just general joint displacement in my neck that really, really affects my entire body and it's difficult for me to even sit up out of bed. And there was one of these days where I was in so much pain and I, I was really thirsty also, <laughs> but I couldn't comfortably sit up to drink water. And so I just said... In frustration, half as a joke, not expecting that any such thing even existed, I just said, I need a customized crazy straw, like something really crazy like you'd see in a cartoon that just goes in all different directions, but can go from the glass to my mouth while I'm still laying completely horizontal. And I found something. It was a... Basically a build-your-own-crazy-straw thing that was a number of little pieces. It was a number of little straw. It was a number of little plastic straw pieces with connecting joints. Like if you were to imagine a plumbing company designing toys for children. Well, there's kind of... Isn't there... I, I feel like I'm getting a memory of a video game. Is there like a Super Mario minigame or something that has like work through the pipe system to get to the end. Oh, could, it's on the tip could, of my tongue. Could that have just been like a, a mini game on a Mario Party game or something? It could have been. Oh, it's it's going to bother me that I can't remember exactly, but I've almost certainly played a video game using pipes and joints to to move around. But anyway, we concocted a straw that went from a tall glass at a bedside table down to a laying drinking position and it, it worked quite well we is being generous 
I said that totally offhanded, not not even thinking that this is a real thing we should search for, just a thing I said. And I don't know how long you had this in your possession, but there was another really high pain day where you just brought me a glass of water with a customized crazy straw and all of the joints and you just built around it and I was elated. <laughs> It was probably bookmarked until I needed to add something to get free shipping on Amazon. And that was the time gap. Okay. But yeah, I, I, I don't know how long you were sitting on it because I had no knowledge of you even searching for such a thing until I had another incredibly high pain day where I couldn't really move or sit up. So that was just amazing because the thoughtfulness that happened behind the scenes while I was in extraordinary pain was just so nice. And really, I mean, along those same lines, it wasn't a physical pain kind of a situation, but since we've been together, my grandmother has died. And you met her. I'm so glad that we met each other before she died because now you have gotten to know my grandmother, <laughs> who was a huge part of my life. Because I grew up with a single mother and my grandmother, her mother. I, I didn't have a strong father figure in my life. And I didn't have a big family. So those were like my two core family members. So to lose her was devastating. And I've been, you know, obviously that was a really sad time in my life. And during this period of time... I was just like sharing a bunch of different memories with you of grandma, things that maybe you hadn't gotten to see firsthand or just things that came up as I was grieving her loss. And at some point I mentioned yogurt spoons because there was a time in my life where, where grandma got just like really obsessed with yogurt <laughs> and she started getting all these different flavors and keeping little yogurt cups and she was adamant, downright insistent on eating with a yogurt spoon, which to her was just a very tiny spoon. <laughs> and I don't know if these very tiny spoons actually have a name or not, but every time like eating yogurt, she's like, make sure to use a yogurt spoon. It makes the yogurt experience so much more fun if you have a yogurt spoon. <laughs> so she had these, these really, really teeny tiny, like half a bite sized spoons that you would eat yogurt with. And it was just such a charming thing that I also was like, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, yogurt spoons. I'm on board with this. And so I, I mentioned the yogurt spoon phenomenon. I'm sure we probably inherited a yogurt spoon or two from her. I mean, she was also, you know, a, a single woman who lived alone. So she didn't have like all of the yogurt spoons in the world for her whole huge family or anything. But I guess that was your inspiration for this gift, but I, I would have never known because I was just talking about, you know, cute little yogurt spoons and that being a thing with grandma and a memory I had. But then you got this spoon for me that was so perfect for me that again, I couldn't have even shopped for this for myself, but it was so on the nose. Well, I I don't even I don't even know how to describe it. How would you describe it? <laughs> and how did you find this thing? 
It's a relatively small spoon, and the basin or the cup, the spoony part of the spoon. The spoony part of the spoon, yeah. Is a vague skull shape. It, it's a skull, yeah. And it, it's actually like you couldn't eat soup with it because the, the like eyes of the skull are actually holes. So it's only practical for at least partially solid food. Like ice cream. Like ice cream! There was a day where I was just really sad. And we were coming up on the first anniversary of my grandmother's death. And so I was, of course, very sad about this. And obviously, like, little yogurt spoons was kind of a fun little thing. But my grandma loved ice cream. And, like, she wasn't the kind of grandma who would you know, bake homemade cookies or anything, but she was the kind of grandma who would, like, buy legitimate ice cream cones that you'd expect to get at, like, <sighs> Gigglebees. Uh, Gigglebees? Gigglebees. Uh, this is something that only if you grew up in Sioux Falls, South Dakota during my generation or earlier <laughs> will understand. Ah. <sighs> Gigglebees. So I don't know if the average, like, arcade serves ice cream or not. So I, I don't know if I can just say arcade. But when I was growing up in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, we didn't have a Chuck E. Cheese's for a very long time. We eventually got one, I think. But Gigglebees was, like, our place for kids to get pizza and ice cream and play games to win tickets for prizes. And it was the best thing in the entire world. There was a coyote mascot named Wilbur who rode around on a tricycle and delivered you pizza. And when you were a kid, Wilbur always remembered your name from the last time he saw you because the adults didn't tell you that there was just a guy who was doing the voice of Wilbur in the back room and your parents would like, tell him your name ahead of time. <laughs> but it, it was a magical experience. And they they served, like, dollar ice cream cones that were really good ice cream. So, like, I, I guess probably the same kind of ice cream cones that you get at, like, a carnival or a state fair kind of a situation. So Grandma kept those ice cream cones at home in her cupboard and then just, like, a, a couple of tubs of ice cream in the freezer. And during the summer, she would just make ice cream cones for me. So that that was her, I guess, version of making homemade cookies since she didn't actually bake. It was, it was my great-grandmother who was the baker, not my grandmother. And so in, in sort of preparation for being sad, you know, anniversaries are important not only for happy events, but also for tragic events because... It just really dredges up all of those memories, and it's very real and very close again. So I, I knew that on the anniversary of my grandmother's death, I was going to be pretty sad. So I was like, well, let's make sure we have ice cream in the house, because I will be sad, and ice cream helps. And ice cream is especially, you know, noteworthy for remembering my grandmother. Like, she'd want me to have some ice cream. And there was a day where I was just sad and you just brought me a pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream with a freaking skull-shaped spoon. 
no commentary you just brought it to me <laughs> that that's another thing that's actually great you don't wrap gifts which I almost hate to say as someone who really prides herself on like making beautiful wrapping paper and getting the perfect bow and making everything very cohesive. I really enjoy that creative aspect of wrapping gifts. I almost hate to say that it's totally unnecessary and maybe even detracts from the gift itself, but I think that it's, might be the case. <laughs> I think it's actually more surprising if you don't know that a gift is about to happen. Like, if it's a skull spoon, but the skull part of the spoon is shoved into ice cream, and so you don't notice it until you pull it out. Yeah! Ac actually, though, because if if I was really sad and you'd walk in with, like, a wrapped thing and be like, I have a gift for you, I would still be at least a little bit happier, but I'd, I'd almost be more confused and almost wary. I mean, do you, do you know that feeling of wariness if someone just pulls out a wrapped gift out of nowhere when it's not an occasion? You're almost like, oh, what? <laughs> what is this? Like, am I going to have to feign enjoyment? Oh my goodness. That's exactly what that feeling is. I don't even think I realized that until you just said it, but... <laughs> Yeah, actually, it's like this is either going to be really great or the person giving me this thinks it's greater than it actually is. Oh, that's horrible. See, that you are very intelligent where it comes to gifts. That's why we're doing this podcast. We're, we're helping out um, <laughs> the people who want to give romantic gifts and have a very strong pressure to do so. Oh, man, that didn't even occur to me. But yeah, absolutely. But... I mean, bringing me a skull-shaped spoon in a pint of Ben & Jerry's ice cream when I'm sad out of the blue is like, knocked it out of the park. How many more metaphors for, for just being very good can I come up with? I've been like, right out the gate, knocked it out of the park, <laughs> 10 out of 10. You're very Gold good star. at this. Gold star. <laughs> But that that was almost just so much more of a surprise. I almost wonder if... I think if, if it's like a, a formal holiday and you are definitely an established couple or family or friendship that definitely always swaps gifts, sure, go ahead and do the wrapping thing. But if you're just trying to surprise someone with something great, sit on it until the moment feels right. <laughs> And then just present it without the wrapping. Because the wrapping almost, even if you take away the fact of, do I have to feign excitement? The surprise is then the fact that you're being given a gift and not the gift itself. Because your surprise has already been wasted on, oh, there's a wrapped present in front. Whereas when I'm just feeling mopey and depressed and I, I pull a spoon out of the ice cream and it's shaped like a freaking skull... I'm like, wow, that's the surprise. It's perfect. I love you and you're the best spouse anyone could ever hope for. And I guess I, I don't have many more examples to pull out. We're probably nearing nearing the end of our, our stories here, but I would truly be remiss if I did not advocate for the exceedingly old-fashioned romantic gesture of giving your loved one a lock of your hair. I am both a historian and an artist of sentimental hair work. And as antiquated as it seems today, I do think that it 
very much can hold up as long as you don't have a partner who has like a serious phobia of hair. It can be very sentimental. It can be very meaningful because you are, in essence, giving them a literal part of yourself. And I do remember earliest of days in our relationship asking if you would ever consider parting with a lock of your hair <laughs> so that I could keep it in a locket. This was when we were still long distance. And I was like, well, if we're long distance, I'm definitely going to need a lock of hair. <laughs> But we solved that long distance problem very quickly and uh, decided to cohabitate before long. So I didn't need it right then and there. But that was definitely something on my mind. You could, of course, use the hair to make artwork, put it in a piece of jewelry, put it in a locket, or it could just be a lock of hair. Keep it in an envelope, tie it with a ribbon. Costs you nothing, but could mean everything. So I guess let's end off, let's round it out by talking about our takeaways or our, our steps to keep in mind if someone is trying to up their gift-giving game. I think the first step, first and foremost, is to open up a dialogue and start a conversation with your partner about whether or not gifts are meaningful in your relationship and whether or not you are going to make a decision together to stick to specific holidays. I think that's a really key factor that doesn't always cross everybody's minds when holidays are just such a given usually. Yeah, setting expectations is important, particularly if you are pretty far into a relationship and have joint finances. You don't want to have an argument after getting a gift of, why did you spend our money on this? That's a good point. I mean, we haven't had such an argument, but I definitely know of couples who have. So that that's a good point. But I mean, even, bef even before you have a joint finance situation, or if you decide to never do that in your relationship, I think even beforehand, that is a good conversation to have. Second takeaway... Use the things that are only meaningful to you. Think of inside jokes. Think of metaphors for your relationship or memories that are specific to you. I think are always going to be some of the most impactful things if you can come up with something that fits that criteria. And in that regard, when something does come up, either take note of it in the moment because chances are you won't remember it come holiday time, or toss out the holidays altogether and just give gifts when it makes sense or when it comes up. Yeah, that's such a good point, because what you've done with a couple of the greatest gifts you've given me could be applied to holidays if that made sense and if you thought that would be the most impactful. Like, taking note of the yogurt spoon and, and finding one that looked like a skull that I would really like. You could have theoretically saved that for a birthday or a Christmas kind of a situation. Heck, Halloween, you could have given me a skull spoon. And that could apply for any holiday at any time, but you, you need to really take note <laughs> 
of things that happen throughout the year and sit on it for a while. Because you sat on that spoon for a while and you sat on that build your own crazy straw for a while, but you brought them out at a moment that was really impactful. And both of those, for me anyway, were better received when there was a day I was in tremendous physical pain and there was a day I was in tremendous emotional pain. So definitely, I think, if you and your partner or partners decide that giving gifts is meaningful, whether it be around holidays or not, I think it's very good to get into the mindset of thinking proactively about meaningful gifts throughout the entire year rather than waiting for a holiday to be imminent or an anniversary to be imminent. Because then you'll dig yourself into a hole like Courtney did where you're going, oh no, <laughs> that date is almost here and I haven't done a thing for my spouse. And that's when bad gift giving happens. And you know, I mean, hashtag not sponsored, but things remembered or any such non-corporate like small business customization options could be really, really great. If you have an idea for a gift, but you can't find it already made, there are so many magnificent artists, creators, independent people who can help you make basically anything you can think of. When I worked at a Things Remembered store, I engraved my own items with things that I thought were witty or funny or meaningful. Along those lines, we gave a friend couple a Bob's Burgers inspired portrait that we commissioned from an online artist. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, artists are such an underutilized resource for personalized gifts. We got hooked on Bob's Burgers years ago. A couple of friends of ours were already fans of the show and they just sort of sensed that we would enjoy it. So they they definitely got us hooked on it. We love it because it's such an endearing family and it's kind of sitcom-y, it's a cartoon, but it's it's in a way where the comedy doesn't come from the family hating each other. <laughs> They're all very loving and supportive, and we love to see it. And I, I had found an artist who does portraits custom in the Bob's Burgers kind of art style, and so I immediately thought of our friends who got us hooked on this show. So... Things like that, try to try to think like an artist, even if you are not an artist. <laughs> if you can draw or paint something yourself, go for it. But if you can't and you have an idea, you can find someone who will do it for you. And we definitely love supporting artists and small businesses. So keep that in mind for sure. And if all else fails, just give them a lock of your hair. And if they don't like it, you get that lock of your hair back and you dump them. I'm just kidding. But no, seriously, dumb bum. <laughs>